0: podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health/slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health podcast. Welcome back once again to the outcomes rocket podcast where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Today I have the outstanding Karina Edwards. She's a senior vice president of customer experience at Improvada. Karina is responsible for all customer facing operations that fuel customer success, including worldwide professional services, worldwide customer service support and advocacy, business development and corporate IT. She brings 22 years of experience in healthcare technology, which many of you have a keen interest in. This healthcare technology space is a growing one. And with that, it's important that we hone in deeper and share best practices with our peers. And and Karina has a wealth of knowledge and experience here. She's got a focus on speed to transformation, brings a strong track record of helping companies realize their next stages of growth and creating customers for life. It's a pleasure to have Karina on the podcast. And Karina, I want to just open up the mic to you to fill in the gaps of that intro. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to to be on. I guess the only thing I would add is I'm really an avid ski bum and a golfer and a foodie and uh, really enjoy all aspects of life. And uh, healthcare is an industry, especially healthcare technology, that once you get in it, you never leave. And that passion and really seeing the outcomes in customers is critical to the success and having that long-term partnership. So excited to be here and excited to share some of the stories with you.
0: No, that's really awesome, Karina. And and thanks for sharing that, that personal note. Sounds like you enjoy the, the outdoors as well. And, and that's, uh, it's important to get out there and, and get our minds away from this uh, uh, hectic healthcare to keep our saw sharp, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: So, what got you into the medical sector to begin with?
1: So, I like to say I was very lucky. My first job out of school, I was actually asked to deploy the ambulatory data system to the Navy hospitals around the globe. And it really gave me wow. a wow. One, it was a great way to see the world actually be with doctors and nurses, transforming care for our forces And the impact that the technology had for the doctors, making it easier for them to do their job, making it easier for them to care for their patients. It was great to see it real time. And that really stuck with me. And so from there, all of the roles I've ever taken have kept me in really looking at how technology can enable ROI, how technology can really fuel Better evidence at the point of care, better care provider efficiency and better care quality for patients. And so it's really been a lifetime mission and I love the healthcare sector.
0: What a great kickoff to that career and giving back to our military. So it sounds like that left an imprint on you. And it's interesting to see how how leaders form, shape, develop. So I'm really curious, Karina, you've been in this field for quite some time now. Today, what would you say that one thing that needs to be at the forefront of every healthcare leader's agenda?
1: So I think the mission hasn't changed. I think the mission has continued to evolve where it's all about the right information at the right time in the patient's care journey. And it's really about improving the quality and care for patients. But yet that is done so in an ecosystem today that is so challenging. You know, we have massive cybersecurity threats. We have all of these compliance and regulatory um, needs that we have to meet. And so right now on every leader's agenda, it's how do I make sure that my clinicians have access to the right information at the right point in the journey quickly, but yet it's the right access at the right level because we're trying to make sure that they can access the information they need to but not over communicate information right? because you don't want everyone to see your health information. I think the key for us and actually sitting here at a, at a security organization, I think I'm more acutely aware, but I think top three agenda for all CIOs is how do they get the value out of the EMR investments they put in place? How do they ring fence their world and really have that the cybersecurity perimeter to protect that information? And yet, how in the workflow do they give access to it at the point of care and at the point of decision making?
0: So can you give us some examples of how your organization has created results in this space?
1: Sure. So in, in the core thing that Improvata is known for, we're known for our tap and go product, One OneSign. And what it does is it really is that front door to all the healthcare IT systems. It allows providers to use their building badge and their pin to tap into a workstation. And what people don't realize is with the HIPAA regulations, doctors and nurses are tapping in 45 to 85 times a day. And so when you have to continue to um, access the information, but yet you have to shut it down every time they walk away. Healthcare is a mobile workforce. And so our solution saves clinicians 45 minutes per user per day. That's also, huge. Yeah. We also talk about that, that clinical workflow. And what I'll get in here is the other piece that we're seeing a great surge in as we're facing the opioid epidemic is e-prescribing of controlled substances as one tool in the arsenal to start combating opioid uh, prescription abuse. It's this ability for the provider to e-prescribe with certainty that they are the provider, this is the right prescription, and they do that biometrically or they do that with multi-factor authentication. And we have a great customer, uh, Geisinger, who literally they're seeing those statistics where in the first month, they saved a million and a half dollars in solution. But even better, Hmm. they reduced their prescribing rates. They actually have improved the patient experience because there's no more having to come in and get that prescription because these are people that really need uh, those pain medications. Right. It's reduced the fraud. And so we're seeing these areas where we can really help with this massive epidemic.
0: And so at the uh, interface of this uh, e-prescription, what exactly is it that makes it effective?
1: So what makes it really effective is the workflow side. Traditionally, and I think every listener can understand this, Imagine that you're going to your bank online. And so you go into your bank and now all of a sudden you have to go find your cell phone because they sent you that code. You have to go find the code. And you have to type it into the computer and log yes. in. right? Okay. So now imagine doing that 84 times a day when you prescribe something.
0: <laughs> it's Yeah, it's insane. Yeah.
1: So instead, the way we've architected the solution by meeting the DEA certification uh, requirements is when they're in their EMR system and they prescribe that narcotic, we have a soft token on their phone and they mm-hmm. can use that multi-factor authentication. They can use a username and password plus the token and the unique thing, or they can use a fingerprint and the token, huh. something you have, something you know. And so when you wow. do that though in the right clinical workflow, we now have a hands-free option. So after you say you put down your fingerprints, the computer wakes up your phone. It pulls that code automatically so you don't have to actually go and grab it. By Bluetooth, it transfers that token right into the prescribing module and pushes that prescription through. And That's- the endpoint is aware of what the doctor has so that they know if they have their phone on them, great, I can get that hands-free pin. If not, I'll ask them for another form factor. So it's very adaptive.
0: That's very interesting. And and it sounds like it's making a difference, especially in this in this opioid epidemic. And as we speak about technologies like this, I think it's always interesting to talk about what the road for approval for things like these are. You know, We're in a space that is highly regulated by the FDA, but at the same time, there's devices and things like that that don't have to go through that rigor. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that typical regulatory pathway for you guys is?
1: Yeah, for us, you know, we really back to, we sit on the framework. So um, okay. public security at all of the points of digital identity and how to have that digital identity be trusted by that end source. So whether it be the authentication to the endpoint, the actual machine that they're logging into, or the mobile device they're logging into, whether it be single sign-on to all the different applications to eliminate passwords in healthcare, Mm -hmm. or whether it be transacting like this controlled substance workflow, we look at the regulations as a framework to build our technology around to fit into that clinical workflow. So it's really less about Our solutions being regulated? It's really more looking at the guidelines. Um, The DEA in particular has a wonderful framework for the prescribing of controlled substances. And they marry that to the NIST standard guidelines for security. And so by leveraging those two frameworks, you can build solutions that fit right into the ecosystem and right into the workflow, thinking about that end user.
0: Fascinating. And folks, password fatigue is real. And the solutions that Serena is talking to us about At Improvada, they're really taking it a step further and going to where the puck is going with the way that they do these identity verifications. And I love the approach that you guys have taken here. If the listeners wanted to learn more about your company or the solutions that you provide, what would be the site or place that they should visit?
1: Oh sure yeah they can visit us at improvada.com a lot of great video clips a lot of great testimonials a lot of great customer stories so a great place to go for information we have a great youtube channel so lots of different ways nice. improvada
0: Awesome there you have it folks improvada.com check them out i'll also put a link there in the podcast show notes so that you could go to this episode and check that out so Karina Can you share with us a time when you had a setback, something that you learned so much from that you always do today?
1: Sure. You know, this is is an interesting one to think about. For me, it really comes down to connecting with employees and really aligning myself to their growth and aligning them to the mission. So one of the things that I learned from was I was surprised about uh, three years ago, uh, one of my direct reports abruptly quit and it really came as a shock and I kind of... I listened to the reasons and I, I couldn't believe I missed it. And it, it was really yeah. a positive reason why he was leaving. He was planning on taking another step and doing a startup again and having some fun. But what I missed were those signals. And so what it's made me do is really then reconnect with employees at a different level. So the first thing I always try to do is understand you know, what are their career goals? What excites them about their job? How are they contributing to the mission and always tying their job to the broader vision? And the exciting part in that story was, you know, a year and a half into this person's journey, they actually wound up coming back to the company. Oh, really? I found out they weren't loving their travel and the startup wasn't exactly what it wanted to be. And so back to now understanding where they wanted to go, I was able to kind of reconnect with them and say, hey, there was no bridge burned, but you, God, you're, you're so wonderful in the energy you bring to the organization, we'd love to have you back. And so it was really wonderful to see him rejoin the organization now, be a great leader and continue to grow. And so it's, it's how you learn from these mistakes. And I think if we're not learning, we're dying. And absolutely taking the time for feedback and coaching and listening, which in today's hectic schedule, it's really difficult to do.
0: It really is, Karina. And that's a great call out because it's hard to stay focused on the mission. You're customer focused. You're trying to get things done. It's easy to forget your people. And I think this is such a great call out. Any tips that you'd recommend for people to do to, to stay in tune?
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things I believe in multi layers of communication and different ways to connect with your teams. You know, mm-hmm. my team here has grown from 45 to now you know over 150. And to wow, that, scale you know, across the globe, you have to do a few things. First, you have to empower your leaders with information, right? Transparency is key. Second thing is you have to have a cadence that connects with the employees. And it's not just about, you're the one-on-ones because you can't scale yourself holistically all the time. Right. Uh, thinking about how do you connect? How do you share their successes? How do you communicate? And so here, you know, we do a series across the year of in-person face-to-faces, WebEx meetings, customer highlights, success stories. We let people brag about other people's accomplishments. And that really keeps people engaged to the mission because it really is reconnecting all the time. Why are you here? How does your role connect to the broader mission? And how does your role help you succeed long-term in your career objectives? So it's having that dual view of the employee that's critical.
0: Love that. Love that. So important. And as we look to implement positive change in healthcare and continue the good things that are being done. There's a lot of great things happening. It's important that we engage our people. I know even on the provider side, I mean, you guys, providers listening to this, it's tough. It's busy. It's hard to connect. So a great message shared by Karina there. I would definitely hit the rewind button, write down some of these ideas because it is definitely some good stuff. What would you say one of your proudest leadership experiences to date is, Karina?
1: It's actually today, it's here at Imprivata. Um, one of the, the, the things I'm really we started, you know, we started this journey and we, uh, I joined in 2012 and, and the company, you know, was moving from a horizontal company to a healthcare company and really doubling down on our understanding of the clinical workflow and the knowledge. And we wow. want to make sure all of our customers came, that came with us on that journey. And so we created a mantra, create customers for life, never hmm. lose a customer. And it's something that we live, not just in my organization, it's lived by the entire company. It's part of the four cultural tenants that we have. So as an Improbata employee, Customers for Life is the top thing we all focus on. And with that, we ask all employees to bring their passion, their deep integrity, and their courage of convictions to bear when they're actually delivering for our customers and delivering solutions. And that's resulted in 99% customer retention. And that- wow. It's best in class. Uh, We're very proud of our partnerships. I spend a lot of my time on the road with customers, listening, understanding how we can be better, consistently innovating um, their experience to make sure that we don't fall behind, that we're always living to that mission. And it's a a two-way street. We're giving and we're providing, and that partnership is really exciting. And so I'm actually going to be speaking um, with uh, John Kravitz from Geisinger at the Chime a CPEZ session coming up about creating oh, very uh, cool. partnerships and thinking through how what those frameworks are because you can't partner with everybody, but you can help customers be successful. And that, that's the key goal.
0: That is very inspiring, Karina. And Customers for Life, what a great focus to have and uh, principle to run your company with it's so easy to just go quarter per quarter or even contract to contract, right? Like, hey, I'm, we're in this for another three years, celebrate. <laughs> and it's, it, I think many companies are, are guilty of this. Customers for Life is a very inspiring message. And with 99% retention, you guys are definitely
1: living what you preach. It's exciting. It's been, it's been an exciting journey. And uh, you know, we'll, we want to continue continues because I think what we're doing is we're setting customers up for long-term success. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? We're all in this industry, not because the technology is the sexiest or not, because it's the most fast moving. But at the end of the day, there's a patient connected to all of this information and all of this care. And we want to make sure that we, one, get the quality of care up, get the outcomes better and lower the cost of care while we're doing it by becoming more efficient. So we're all in the ecosystem. And, and how do we continue to, to give back and it's critical?
0: Yeah. And Karina, you know, the other thing that's really interesting is this decision that you all made as a business to say, we're going to focus strictly on healthcare. That right there was a move that maybe I'd like to learn a little bit more here. Like what went on behind that decision and that commitment? Because that's a big decision.
1: Yeah, it is. I think when, you, when, when companies face these milestones, really see a trend emerge. If you really look at your business and you kind of say, what's delivering the most value? Mm -hmm. Where can we continue to deliver value? Because if you're not delivering value and you're delivering technology, that's short-lived. It is. That's nice. It could be sexy, but it's not sustainable. Right. we saw as a company was this problem occurred across all industries. Password fatigue is real everywhere. Security is everywhere. However, the uniquenesses of healthcare and the healthcare workflow really made it a, a vertical that we could go much deeper and change the practice aligning to the current workflow. So imagine you're in an emergency department. You've seen them. They're hectic. They're chaotic. They have computers kind of sprinkled throughout the area. And you have this hummingbird station of people having to get in and out of records and information in real time to get that information about the patient. And so what we saw that was very unique was how do we facilitate that fast user switch? How do we think about changing the user from the doctor to the nurse in the record so they can chart accordingly. So it's all those uniquenesses we felt that we had something differentiated. And our ecosystem of partners, the EMR vendors, the virtualization vendors, the endpoint vendors, it really lent us to figure out and deliver value here to get that 45 minutes back per day for those providers. And that's where we saw the momentum and that's the value creation was the strongest. So that was the pivot point
0: that is so interesting and it's a big commitment and one that really kind of the message to the listeners is listen to karina's talk here if you're not delivering value and just technology you better take another look at it because it's short-lived so karina tell us about an exciting project or focus that you're working on at Improvada today
1: oh goodness um So there's so many things going on right now. Uh, The the, the, the most fun, I think the most longer term view, this patient identity and this notion of digital identity across the spectrum, both Mm. for the clinical side, as well as the patient side. If you think about your own life today, we have many different forms of identification, right? We might have a driver's license, we might have a passport, a social security number, but at the same time, your digital ID is something very different. Some people like to log on with their Facebook accounts or their LinkedIn accounts or other forms that say, this is who I am. And when we think about that evolution for patients, wouldn't it be amazing if I was at home, I could truly validate my identity. With that, I could actually tell you all of my entitlements. And now when you're doing a telehealth visit or you're kind of checking in for your care or scheduling your appointment, the organization had certainty of who I was And if you go to share my information, that digital identity and those attributes, whether they be biometric, digital footprints, second factor tokens, that followed me along the path. Same for clinicians, right? When clinicians come into an organization, they go through that full credentialing stage, they're provisioned a user identity in the system. And then from there, they are given access to all these different systems. But if I'm a provider in Massachusetts, especially in Boston, I could be delivering care at Boston Medical Center, at BI Deaconess, at Partners. And so now I have to redo that digital identity in three different places. I'm three different providers, and truly I'm just one. So our vision is all about how do we create digital trust in that identity and bridge that identity across the ecosystem so it follows with you, whether it be your fingerprint, your digital ID, your username and password, all of those digital attributes Founded at that NIST level of security, so that's it's a project that we're really excited about. Something that's coming together today as we evolve our solutions, and uh, a lot more to come in this area. A lot of players getting in this space.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting, and the promise that it holds for outcomes improvement is is, is also huge.
1: Absolutely, and also streamlines. It streamlines back to it gives time. It does. You know, why should I wait three to five days to be provisioned into systems? when I can actually do provisioning, right? Day one, because it's a trusted identity and I can tell you what your role is in our system.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's fascinating. Folks, uh, again, we have 30 minutes on these podcasts. And when you have amazing folks like Karina, you just want to stay on here for the full hour. So we're getting close to the end here. Karina, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in the Business of IT in Medicine. This is the 101 of Karina. So we're going to write out a syllabus with a lightning round. It's four questions followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready?
1: Okay, sure. I'm ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
1: Every decision be patient centered and give education to the patient in the flow of their journey.
0: What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
1: Throwing technology at a problem. It's about the clinical experience, the clinical ROI and the clinical workflow. And so if you don't integrate into that, your technology solution will fail.
0: How do you stay relevant despite constant change?
1: Listen, listening is critical. Hearing feedback, understanding the environment, seeing the ecosystem changes and adapting so you can scale and grow.
0: What is the one area of focus that drives everything in your company?
1: Customers for life.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) It's about building those partnerships and evolving and delivering solutions that meet the needs of the providers, the um, the end users and their patients.
0: Customers for life. And what book would you recommend to the listeners, Karina?
1: So the favorite book I can recommend that I read recently is called The Captain Class by Sam Walker. It really talks Hmm. about the attributes of leaders uh, and leadership by studying all of the high-performing teams that are out there in professional sports.
0: Fascinating. And it's called the captain class?
1: Yeah, the captain class.
0: Wow. Fascinating. Folks, uh, you could find this lightning round syllabus along with the book. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash and you're going to find all that there, links to the company, as well as an entire transcript of my conversation here with Karina. Before we conclude, Karina, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you.
1: Great. My closing thought for everyone listening is clearly you're all on this leadership journey. First and foremost, employees matter. Connecting with them and driving them towards a vision matters. But yet, most importantly, delivering value to customers matter. And so if you crack those two, you will be ultimately successful. I'm really excited to have been a part of this. And listeners can always connect at improvada.com with me or on LinkedIn or Twitter.
0: Outstanding, this has been inspirational and uh, we really appreciate you making time for us. Thanks Karina.
1: This was great, thank you so much.